Hello, and welcome to the Ashley Smith podcast, where you get to listen to conversations and stories from some of Vancouver's top entrepreneurs, leaders, and community ambassadors. We'll be talking about leadership, entrepreneurship, adversity and success, industry disruption, business evolution, emerging trends, innovation, and new ideas, and of course, issues that impact Canadians and in particular, Vancouverites. So thank you for joining and please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. It is now available on iTunes and Spotify and a few other channels. So enjoy the show. Thank you again for joining. And if you have any ideas about uh, who I should bring on the podcast next, please don't hesitate to contact me. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram uh, via my handle at at Ashley underscore Realtor. Original, I know. All right, welcome everybody to today's episode. I am so excited for my premiere interview for the Ashley Smith podcast. Um, I did carefully select my first uh, interviewee, uh, Fiona Forbes, the one and only media maven who I'm sure you all know if you're from Vancouver and have lived here for any period of time. Um, She was kind enough to say yes. I guess that goes out to those of you who are a little nervous to start something new. Sometimes you just got to ask. So she was wonderful. I learned so much from her. I hope you enjoy uh, her stories that she has to share, kind of looking back at her 20 plus year media career and navigating a very evolving landscape uh, with television uh, in particular over the last five years. So she doesn't call herself an entrepreneur necessarily. I certainly do. Um, I really look up to this woman and and actually the more I hear from her, the more uh, obviously some of the um, investigation I had to do for in preparation for this podcast, I just realized, man, this woman's got a lot on her plate and she's really figuring it out. So um, without any further ado, I will start the show. Thank you so much for joining. There will be uh, some notes in in the show notes here, uh, how you can uh, follow Fiona. All right, here it goes. Fiona Forbes, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Um, I, I'm really excited to have you. Uh, I, I wanted to engage with you and get a little bit of your insight, especially um, hearing a little bit more about your journey into where you are today. Uh, for me, I'm going to be interviewing people more often, so I thought selfishly that this would be <laughs> <laughs> a good opportunity um, just to get to know some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, and I'm sure everybody knows Fiona Forbes. For myself, it's a face that I've been familiar with for most of my, you know, adult life and teenage life, perhaps even. <laughs> Just don't um, <laughs> say you've been watching me since you were a kid, because I'm always like, I don't think so. I know it's possible, but wow, really? <laughs> but I, I, it's, it's, it's definitely a name and a face that I've recognized, and I would think one of the more recognizable faces in Vancouver. Thank so you. you, you've obviously had a really impressive career um, over 20 years in in media. Um, and I think you've done over 25,000 interviews or something of that nature. Yeah, I stopped counting around 25,000 and I can't remember when that was. Yeah. So I'm going with 30,000 now. I don't know if that's right, but okay. it sounds good. Yeah, no, right? that's wonderful. I'm not great at math, <laughs> so let's just say ballpark. Yeah, and, and you've you know been nominated many times. You've won several awards for hosting and for the shows you've worked on. Um, and I believe even for some written um, like editorial stuff, perhaps. Um, I'm going to put all of the kind of notes to relate to who you are, but obviously you were on Urban Rush for many years, um, and now you've got a gig on Global TV doing your kind of community reporting. Um, I'm really interested to hear a little bit more about some of the other things you have on the go. Uh, when I was looking at your profile in preparation for today, I was like, holy cow, this lady does a lot more than I knew she did. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously you do media coaching, training. Um, I did meet you several years ago. Um, at one of our real estate board events as an MC for one of our, our largest galas that we have, um, which was really fun. And then um, um, I see that you have, you're now a VP of a new uh, company. So I'm excited to hear about that. Um, but there's no doubt that most people listening are going to be at least familiar with who you are. Um, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, 
And so I think before we kind of get into some of the current stuff, um, I'd love to dive in a little bit to the things you've done, like what got you here. Um, and I was surprised to see that you had quite a paralyzing fear of public speaking <laughs> back story. in the day. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because this has actually come up several times uh, for me with a few in particular female leaders that I really admire who've gotten really good at it, but it was such an issue to begin with. So maybe you can tell me a little bit more about that process for you and how you got to be so successful on the other end. Well, it's the short version is I decided to face my fear of public speaking by doing it. Yeah, uh, That was my dad's philosophy. Mm -hmm. He was uh, the longer version is I was very shy when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. My mom was just joking with me the other day. She said, you were the kind of child that didn't talk mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you busted out full sentences. Like mm -hmm. I was just waiting for the right moment. Right. I think I said, close the door. <laughs> Because <laughs> I guess my parents were saying, close the door, close the door. But anyway, I um, I was really shy. And I, I say that kind of in jest because yeah. I've gotten over it. But yeah. it was debilitating. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was a kid, I was teased a lot for it with the cat got your tongue or can't you talk? And it would make it worse for me because when somebody points out mm -hmm. what your weakness is all the time, it makes you kind of crawl back inside yourself. So cut to me being an adult. I was going to university. I was actually planning to follow follow in my father's footsteps and become a lawyer mm -hmm. and I was at fourth year UBC and my dad was a very successful lawyer he passed away about 20 years ago rest his soul mm -hmm. but um, he was also a very successful actor mm -hmm. and director mm -hmm. what an interesting mix I know but he yeah. said every good lawyer should be a good actor because <laughs> the courtrooms were all about drama he was known <laughs> for his closing arguments so he had a good point he was really known for it but he um, he sat me down and he said, Fiona, I don't doubt you have the brains to be a good lawyer, but have you thought it through that you actually have to speak in front of people in a courtroom? Mm -hmm. And you have to do that really well. And I don't know why that that had not, I had not put two and two together. Mm -hmm. I had done, you know, um, court mock things, but you, when you're doing them with your friends, it's not the same. And I hadn't really thought that through. Mm -hmm. So my dad's suggestion to me to face my fears was to go, he said, why don't you go take a broadcasting course or an acting class just after school and, and, and see how that goes. So I, I, I didn't Google it because let's face it, it was the early 90s. <laughs> uh, found out they had a class at the Vancouver School Board mm -hmm. and I went to a broadcasting class because it was the first thing that came up. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, just an introduction broadcasting course. And at the end of the class when I was walking out, um, there was an audition posting and by posting I mean a poster <laughs> <laughs> and on the wall and it was an audition to um, host a talk show yeah and when I got home my dad called me and he said oh kid how did it go and I said oh it was great and, you know when I was leaving there was this audition posting for a talk show thing and he and because of his acting background he said well why don't you go to the audition as mm -hmm. an exercise to get over your fear mm -hmm. because for anybody who's ever been to an audition for anything mm -hmm. it is actually the worst case of nervous most people ever have yeah. so that was his thing he's like go do it and just face your fears so mm -hmm. I went to this audition without even really thinking about what the television show was mm -hmm. I was really doing that as an exercise for myself right and so I guess because I wasn't really worried about getting a job like you would be at an audition or a job interview I was actually just there as you should be in the moment you were sort of prepared for failure because it <laughs> wasn't just the point around and being yeah. myself yeah and a week later I was hosting a one-hour live talk show wow I had no idea what I was doing yeah. and I was terrible but mm. the thing I told my dad was the minute I was on a set yeah. I felt at home and I loved it mm -hmm. and I was so scared to tell him how much I loved it because I thought he'd be disappointed because I actually in my own mind I'd already decided I didn't want to go to law school I found that thing that I was passionate about mm -hmm. I just felt at home right and um and I did tell him I'm like I think this is what I want to do mm-hmm I think it was his way of guiding me. He knew me right. better than I knew myself. And he obviously supported you. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. So I finished up at UBC, but I ended up going to BCIT, mm -hmm. um, taking broadcasting, and that kind of turned into the audition. I found out about the audition for what became Urban Rush mm -hmm. and uh, haven't looked back since. That's wonderful. So yeah. I'm curious... Um, sort of the process, I mean, obviously the landscape has changed so much, um, but did you start out um, 
as an employee or were you a freelancer from the beginning? Like, how does that work? I've rarely ever been an employee yeah. in my life. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way things worked. Yeah. And uh, I realized it's just the way I like to do things. Mm-hmm. I've always been on contract with people. It's scary in some ways, but being a freelancer is kind of the world I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were hired on contract for, um, it was called daytime in the very beginning before it became Urban Rush, but yeah. that's basically the show I did with Michael Eckford for 17 right. years. We had mm-hmm. different names but it was mm-hmm. always he and I. Uh, they just hired us on contract because we didn't know where it was going to go. We didn't mm-hmm. know whether it was going to last a week, a month, or a year. That's crazy. And then, sorry, how long did it go for? Uh, Mike and I were co-hosts for 17 wow. years. Yeah. Uh, it started out with Rogers on daytime. Then when uh, the acquisition between Shaw and Rogers happened, it, mm-hmm. uh, they chose the name Urban Rush. Mm-hmm. became the Rush. Yeah. Mike and I left for a couple of years. We did breakfast television on City TV. But yeah. it was always Mike and I for 17 years. Yeah, neat. Yeah. So I guess that's funny because you... I guess we're in something that was not very predictable. And then after a period of time, it probably felt at least somewhat um, normal for you. And then suddenly a shift, right? So um, I'd love to know a little bit more about your time with that sort of more regular programming, I'm saying in quotes. Um, But just like, I, I see you've interviewed a ton of really important people, really high profile people, whether in business or in politics or actors. Um, do you have like some of your most favorite, favorite, sorry, uh, favorite interviews and why? It's always such a tough question because, yeah. you know, first of all, I don't have the best memory. <laughs> We're talking well, about so many, so many. Some people will say, oh, I loved your interview. So and so, oh my God, oh my God, that's, I love that too, because yeah. we're going back in time quite a bit. But there definitely are some standouts. I mean, mm-hmm. celebrities are always fun. They mm-hmm. can also be really scary. Yeah. But one of, and this is going back quite a few years when Mike and I were still uh, co-hosts, but when we interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. is one of those things. He had filmed a movie here in Vancouver and yeah. he did something very nice. He had a screening for cast and crew thanking the Vancouver people. Yeah. So he had offered up doing interviews and um, he's pretty intimidating. Yeah. He's an intense guy, like in general, I think. Yeah. And he had that intensity mm-hmm. when he, you know, because Mike and I were just like, do, 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 hi. Yeah. <laughs> doing our thing. This is pre-politics, I imagine. It was right before his political career yeah. started. Okay. I can't remember the name of the movie. I want to say it was called Collateral Collateral Damage. That sounds about right. sound maybe. Yeah. So we're going back to late nineties, I think. But um, he was very serious at first, mm-hmm. and then my co-host, being my co-host, he always says something off the cuff, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, Arnold, if you ever need a body double, if you had never met my co-host Michael Eckford, he's not the biggest dude." <laughs> And Arnold just shifted mm-hmm. and he looked at Mike like he was going to throw him up against the wall. And he actually went into the Saturday Night Live parody of himself and said, no, you're a girly man. You could oh never replace me. It was so <laughs> funny because he had been, he had had this veneer. Right. But he was trying to intimidate us. Right. You know, and then as soon as the ice broke, we had a blast yeah. chatting with him. But yeah. yeah, that's a standout. Celebrities always fun. Yeah. Um, there's just so many. I mean, I've had to, uh, some of the opportunities I've had to interview people like David Suzuki, somebody I have watched since a kid and and such a great mind, you know, to interview him on the regular so that he actually knows your name is kind of a compliment, you know, when you're a nerd watching nature things. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's, how, how do your friends and family, especially along the way as you're growing, respond to you and your growing success and meeting all these really important people like did you feel it impacted your relationships at all no and you know it's funny because I've been on television I think about half my life so Mm -hmm. it's totally normal to me and a lot of my friends are in the media as well or they're actors because I think people like-minded people tend to gravitate towards each other Mm -hmm. I didn't mention my mom is also an actress so I kind of came from that background so it's not strange to me at all Uh, some people don't quite understand what I do Mm -hmm. because unless they've seen it it's Mm -hmm. hard to explain Mm -hmm. Well, I do a talk show. There's mm-hmm. a lot more to it than that, mm-hmm. but um, it has never really affected my relationships in a negative way. If anything, it's been super positive because some of my best friends are people that I've met working on TV right. with. Right. Uh, Mike, who was my co-host, mm-hmm. um, I call him the brother I never wanted because mm-hmm. when you work with someone for 17 years, you yeah. just not, thankfully we were friends. A Becomes lot of, family. Yeah, so yeah. good benefits. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess moving into... Um, 
um, I guess it was Shaw that eventually decided to collapse or or, make, or put its efforts into global. I don't remember exactly what it was, but at the end of the day, community television is evolving with they Where? shut it down. They shut it down. Basically. <laughs> they turned the channel off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was the only shocker. We knew because you mentioned, as you mentioned, the industry took a huge shift. Yeah. Of course, terrestrial television is still trying to find out its place in the world mm-hmm. with streaming services and that. But a lot of it happened. It was much like um, Napster. People mm-hmm. in the music industry never, th- people are never going to listen to audio files. They're going to listen to CDs forever. And then all of a sudden, boom. What happened? Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened with TV. And yeah. we knew that Shaw was was slowing down. And then mm-hmm. we knew, well, mm-hmm. I knew the writing was on the wall, what was mm-hmm. going to happen. And the only surprise to us is they did actually shut the station down. We didn't see that happening. Mm-hmm. We knew our shows were going to be no longer. But okay. not having community television is kind of a first for Vancouver. I think it's the first time in 52 years mm-hmm. that Vancouver has not had a community channel. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that means for Vancouver? I think people are picking up where it left off just naturally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, working at Global Now, I'm a community reporter, Mm -hmm. so there still is a place for that. An entire station is Mm -hmm. a different thing. What Mm -hmm. we had at Shaw that... Um, other stations just don't have the infrastructure for a Shaw. It was really a learning facility. It's where I got my chops. It was Rogers then, but you could go volunteer mm-hmm. and learn mm-hmm. at, right on the spot. So there's not, there's still internships at television. There just aren't as many. Right. Uh, but the community content is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of what I do is that, but um, people do it themselves mm-hmm. now. You know, companies mm-hmm. with their social media manager, right. they kind of create their own content. So has a new place. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the themes that I'm looking to have on this uh, podcast is actually looking at sort of evolving environments and kind of from a business perspective. So for me in the real estate industry, as you know, I sit on the real estate board and one of the things that we're constantly looking at is the pace of change Mm -hmm. and like what that means for full industry, uh, which means probably a section of the economy, right? and the you know we don't want to be the blockbuster now we're in the blockbuster building <laughs> but you know we don't want to be the blockbuster unknowingly or blindly stepping into a Netflix era kind of thing and you know how do we stay on top of like moving forward enough while well, people are probably scared to make changes mm-hmm. to adjust so i mean in your world with with media seeing all the evolution of that one of the things i see now as i've looked at you is really you're an entrepreneur um, I think I don't know if do you would you consider yourself an entrepreneur? It's funny people call me an entrepreneur, and I take that as a huge compliment. I don't know why I'm a little bit shy about saying that's what I am. I I do work for myself, so I guess that's what an entrepreneur is. Yeah, you know, a solopreneur is something somebody used in a conversation the other day, and I said, yeah, that's like I guess that's pretty accurate to what I am. Yeah, well, I mean, you have all these different. Um, facets to your business, what I'd say, to your personal brand and what you can offer. Um, and so I'm just looking at you as an example of, let's say, a traditional media person being able to step out and create their own niche, really, in a world that's changing and kind of keep up. Um, and so anyways, kudos to you for that, because I don't think that's a comfortable space for a lot of people. Um, I don't know how normal it is in your industry because you may see it from a completely different side. Oh no, it's scary as hell. <laughs> I mean, despite the fact that I've always been a contractor at companies, they were multi-year contracts. Yeah. You know, anybody can lose their job any day. Being a freelancer is not really that different. Mm-hmm. You don't have that infrastructure behind mm-hmm. you necessarily mm-hmm. of having an actual job as an employee. But mm-hmm. what I do is, it is scary. I mean, contracts begin and they end all the time. So you have mm-hmm. to make sure that you've got a few on the burner and a couple on the back burner mm-hmm. because you don't want to be too busy so that you're not being able to give your all to what you're doing mm-hmm. but you want to make sure that you have the safety net of ha- having your feelers out there mm-hmm. so people know that you're available mm-hmm. yeah it's taken mm-hmm. me I mean Shaw TV shut down was it two years ago three years ago I can't even remember <laughs> anyway it took me a while to figure it out because mm-hmm. I thought I should get a traditional job after that, mm-hmm. like maybe moving out of the media because the industry was changing so much. Mm-hmm. And I was really unsure for the first time because I never thought pursuing the career that I was pursuing when mm-hmm. I started it 20 years ago mm-hmm. that there would be a lack of 
jobs mm-hmm. in the media. It's it's pretty scary, and mm-hmm. it happened so fast. And when Shaw TV shut down, I was like, wow, I guess I should go do something else. And then I realized, wait a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my passion. I just have to figure out how to do it mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning literally every day, every week, something new and mm-hmm. something new that I can do mm-hmm. uh, in this changing paradigm of whatever media is. Mm-hmm. It's not traditional in any way, shape or form mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's a moving target. You have to stay ahead of it, at mm-hmm. least if you can't be ahead of it, at least know what's happening so that you're in the now of what's mm-hmm. happening. And I guess the, let's call it competition, for similar gigs is going to look very different now because people, I guess, have room to create personalities without having any experience, right? So do you see much of that in Vancouver? People kind of, let's call them influencers, getting involved in similar types of things, or is it? Yes and no, Mm -hmm. because I think that um, the career set of skills that you have to have to do what I do, whether it's online or on social media or even on TV are a little bit different than what some Mm -hmm. influencers offer. There are some influencers out there that are making natural transitions into what could be considered traditional media because Mm -hmm. they have natural talent. Mm -hmm. And natural talent will always find its place. Mm -hmm. And it's just connecting the dots of who can do what. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't. I was just having a chat with one of my girlfriends. I admire influencers that can take a hundred good pictures. Yeah. That is in my world. All the power to you ladies. <laughs> I just look like a goof half the time. But you know, and it's 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 just different skill set. Yeah. Um, and somebody will whether you're working with an agency who finds you the gigs or you're sourcing them yourselves, you'll always if you're if you're a go getter, you'll connect with the right people. Mm-hmm. So is is um video your f- favorite format of communications yeah 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 tv definitely is video mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. any way shape or form it's mm-hmm. kind of what i do i mm-hmm. certainly have done a little bit of radio and mm-hmm. and um podcasts as well mm-hmm. and it's it's telling people's stories at mm-hmm. the end of the day whether it's in short form visual or long form talk show format it's just what i love to do is talking to people and mm-hmm. telling their stories mm-hmm. and so now i see that you are involved with a new company um the names are investment pitch media thank you it's not a new company i am new to the company you're new to the company yes so maybe you can tell a little bit about that and then i'd love to know why you decided to hop in well investment pitch media has been around um i think for gosh 10 12 years okay long time anyway Mm -hmm. and um they kept on popping up in on my social media so i was curious about what they did Mm -hmm. because they have news anchors delivering news alerts five days a week and it Mm -hmm. looked like an opportunity to me so i i actually approached them and said hey if you guys ever need any on-air talent let me know. Mm-hmm. And what they do in a nutshell is they uh, do new news alerts for uh, new companies, companies that are just being listed on the stock market. A lot of it is uh, mining content, cryptocurrencies, a mm-hmm. lot of cannabis because a lot of uh, cannabis companies are going public. Basically public companies that want to get their message out there mm-hmm. outside of the traditional press release format. Mm-hmm. So investment pitch media does short form videos mm-hmm. of uh, their news releases basically yeah. Yeah. and uh, when I came on board it's great doing anchoring they we do five anchors five days a week so I do Mondays mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but when I uh, met the owners of the company they said you know we'd love to have you in a larger role right. and we tried to figure out what that was and they want to produce more content mm-hmm. uh, doing CEO videos uh, company profiles mm-hmm. so that's what we're working on mm-hmm. now uh, I just got the opportunity to go to Nelson BC with them where mm-hmm. I'd never been before and visit a mine beautiful place it was yeah. great a mm-hmm. quaint little town mm-hmm. and got to visit a mine uh, and learn all about I'm learning all about mine which is something I mean it's a little bit of a shift of gears for me yeah uh, but I always ask questions from a place of curiosity yeah I'm no expert mm-hmm. and I don't pretend to be but I want to know everything about this mm-hmm. so um, yeah that's what we do that's awesome you must have quite a wide knowledge base and it reminds me of something I was thinking of the other day um, noticing some you know uh, pretty recognizable people now getting into politics who have been involved in Journal, journalism, hosting yeah. or whatever. Um, and thinking about, you know, these are people who have actually seen and had to be in touch with a lot of things. They're not just receiving and observing the information. They have to learn it and really know how to speak to it and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I, 
I don't really have a question. It's more just... Um, I'm not going to go into politics. No, me neither. I'm <laughs> avoiding it. I'm actually like full on avoiding politics for the next little bit. Um, for but the next it, little bit. Imagine <laughs> the interviewer. He wants to take over the interview, but I won't do that. <laughs> but but I guess my, my point is, though, that, there, that it, it potentially could be... Um, an asset in and of itself it's just an interesting journey that mm-hmm. someone like yourself goes on um, seeing so much more of the city or the world or whatever than most civilians do yeah and I, <laughs> I think don't. if you have a public persona and a platform mm-hmm. I mean for some people politics is a natural transition I mm-hmm. don't think it would I never say never it doesn't seem like a natural transition for me myself mm-hmm. uh, but if you have a voice why not use it for things that you believe in mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah um, so I guess what I'm wondering is what do you think is ahead for you um, without having to like you know put it in concrete but with the evolution of where things are going, where would you like to see yourself in the next 10 years? So does You know, it's so hard to say in an industry that doesn't know what it's going to be doing next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, where do I see myself? Hopefully still telling people's stories in some format, whatever whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I learned about myself when uh, when Shaw shut down is that I love what I do. Right. And I'm going to figure out a way to do that come mm-hmm. hell or high water. Right. I'm not saying I wouldn't change careers. I mean, some some interesting things have come my way and they never just come into fruition. So mm-hmm. who knows what that will look like in mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, how old would I be? Maybe too old. <laughs> hopefully retired. <laughs> I'm Hopefully I've done so well at it that I can retire. But I don't actually know the answer to that yeah. question, but I hope still doing what I love. Yeah. So I guess the key is being adaptive. Yeah. Really inflexible. You have to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you were speaking to an 18 year old who was interested in getting involved in media. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, knowing that it's it's it, it feel it, it appears as more of a hustle now like you really have to find your place and and con, as you said continuously build those relationships and make sure you're there um what kind of advice would you give a young person For somebody that wanted to get into media mm-hmm. i mean the media is always going to exist yeah. the way that it is put out there is just probably going to be in a different format we will always have news yeah it just might not be on a traditional mm-hmm. television set as mm-hmm. we all know nobody mm-hmm. knew that we'd be tweeting and all that stuff for 18 year old people I mean I do teach sometimes and I've had the opportunity to guest lecture at BCIT and they asked me that question mm-hmm. I just I think if you have a passion for it mm-hmm. it will sort itself out. the industry mm-hmm. will sort itself out mm-hmm. there will be opportunities mm-hmm. but it is so different when you're young I mean you put so much more out there that they're so used to mm-hmm. stuff that was so foreign to me at mm-hmm. 18 that mm-hmm. I think they've they've got a good chance That's at succeeding good at it yeah yeah, yeah. so um um, Although I would argue that a lot of them put way too much out there, and that's what I warn them about, that if you actually want to be taken seriously yeah. and you actually want to be a journalist of some sort and mm-hmm. work for a television station or a radio station, mm-hmm. they are going to look at your social media, mm-hmm. and that is going to affect your career. Maybe we'll come to a time where people don't care about that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. that time is not now. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my um, students that I had uh, that was graduating last year, I, I had a talk with her about that stuff because you do, because ha- she wants to work in traditional media and she will. This yeah. girl is a total goal getter. But mm-hmm. I had to remind her, I said, be conscious, you know, if you're doing tequila shots with your friend one day and then you post a photo of you trying to be a traditional journalist reporting on a traditional serious news story, mm-hmm. story if a news director looks at your social media, they may not take you seriously. Yeah. So just being conscious of what you're putting out there. Yeah, it's um, it's scary. It's scary. I, I think back because I guess I first jumped on social media in 2007. Um, 2008 I don't know and I had just started my real estate career and I was young um I I know I'm like oh man I should probably go back into the archives I don't want to go in my archives (laughs) like probably looking now what's on her Twitter probably some really silly things oh yeah there's there's definitely some stuff there and (laughs) I I think about it more now like because of my position that I'm in this year as a spokesperson I have to be thoughtful about what I put out and I've been really trying to balance what's appropriate and how to be authentic um, because I want to be authentic and I want to share um it's finding that balance it's a tough difficult for anyone every age yeah I I find the same thing it's partly why I delayed starting this podcast because I was a little bit nervous about 
speaking like and who knows where it could go right so how do you because you're wonderful at social media I follow your Instagram and all your things um how do you decide what is a good fit for you I mean you've established your career as well so you might have a little more slight bit more flexibility and what maybe yeah yeah but I mean freedom I don't want to say of my age but I mean as my mom would say you have to be a little bit ladylike and she always kind of put that in my head so maybe there's always in the back of my mind and good advice for anyone if you're questioning something that you're about to post whether it be a photograph an opinion or anything if Mm -hmm. you're questioning whether it's appropriate it's probably not Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's just everybody has to balance that line because Mm -hmm. it's we're living in a very strange age right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know I mean even comedy that I was talking to one of my girlfriend she does what I do some of the stuff that we said 10-15 years ago we would not yeah it's not our age we just would not say it in 2019 cultures evolve so much yeah and you just have to be conscious my advice Mm -hmm. for social media and it jumping off what you said it's finding your authentic self and who do you want to present yourself online Mm -hmm. I mean I don't share a lot of my family stuff because my sister's a professional scuba diver. She doesn't want to be on my social media. You know what I mean? That's pretty cool. I know. She's way cooler than me. She also pilots submarines. So That would make great content, though. I know. I know. But it's just finding that balance, I think. Yeah. Everybody has to. So thinking of advice, um, when you were first navigating this world, did you find yourself in any sort of mentorship relationships like did you navigate this by yourself how how did you figure out how to stay in it I would say I have no idea what I'm doing but don't (laughs) tell anyone because there's an element of truth to that yeah um just going with the flow and and going with your instinct Mm -hmm. you know if something feels like it's a good opportunity Mm -hmm. try and seize it Mm -hmm. um Advice, mentoring, yes, I always mentor. I don't know, mentor is probably the wrong word. I Because I do media training and coaching, it's, mm-hmm. it was a natural thing for me to do when I left Shaw because mm-hmm. that was, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. we had an internship program and a volunteer program. Mm-hmm. It was something that was always something that I did, mm-hmm. and people were always asking me to do it. So mm-hmm. that's why I started doing the media training and coaching. But my advice is just go with your gut. Mm-hmm. It's true in life, and it's true in business. Mm-hmm. It's true in your career. Yeah. I sometimes feel like I, I guess I have imposter syndrome when oh, I find myself in certain situations. Yes, this is a phrase that keeps coming up. Right? Yeah. Because I'm like, how did I get here? I'm about to speak in front of 10,000 people and I have no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're, you don't want to be found out. I'm that shy nerd <laughs> that had headgear and railroad tracks and didn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am. Well, and, and I guess that's... Um, something that I've been thinking a lot about too actually is this imposter syndrome and thinking I know that it can impact all people from all walks of life but I think especially young women um I I don't know I I've noticed within myself that it's taken me many years to get to an age maybe where I'm looking at some of my peers or people who are beyond peers they're you know they've 20 years older than me and I'm seeing how they're performing in certain ways and certain roles and thinking finally now I'm like huh I thought I put so many people up on this pedestal thinking that I couldn't do what it is they're doing or in my own way or whatever it is um and and realizing you know what there's a lot of people faking it. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. <laughs> a little, and not to <laughs> not to propose that's what people should be doing, but I think sort of that recognition that most people don't know what the heck they're doing, and just that fear of being able to give it a go like you did in your early days, right? And I still am. I mean, yeah. I say fake it till you make it with Jess, but if an opportunity is there and you're not sure you can do a couple things that go with that job, whatever it is, mm-hmm. learn it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give yourself some credit that you actually can do it. And I have yeah. to convince myself of that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. New things are scary. It is. And I, I think I'm, uh, with the sort of next generation, um, young adults coming in, coming from a certain um, type of upbringing where maybe they've been fairly protected from failure, like always winning and that fear of stepping out into their you know uh, discomfort zone. Um, having this kind of dialogue around no it's okay just go try it mm-hmm. fail and figure out if you like it um i'm talking way too much about myself right now <laughs> but i i i think that um 
one of I'm a epic procrastinator because I can't make decisions, right? Like I want to do something and then I just I'm like, oh, I need to make this perfect and this yeah. perfect and this perfect and then I'll do it. And now I'm realizing, you know what, you're not getting anywhere doing that. Um, have you in your career or in your life um, had to battle with that? Have you always been a doer? Yeah, and you know, procrastinator. Yes, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I am a doer. Like I won't. I always live by that mantra of do something that scares you every day. Mm-hmm. I will try and do it. Do I procrastinate and not get stuff done? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think most people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe super hyper successful people don't have that issue. But I mm-hmm. always like to frame it differently and mm-hmm. say I just work really well on deadlines. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. which is good because I work in TV. Yeah, but um, yeah, but uh, do I procrastinate? Yes. Am I a doer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes, and that's that goes back to talking about working free. Freelance. Mm-hmm. When you are your own boss, you have to discipline yourself. And mm-hmm. when you, I work from home sometimes. I'm sure you do too. Being a real mm-hmm. estate agent, you mm-hmm. have to be disciplined yeah. about getting stuff done yeah. because it's all oh, go away. It's nice outside. I could sit on the patio. I could walk my dog. Oh, I should clean the kitchen. Oh my God, I have 900 emails. Yeah. <laughs> so is that a habit you've always had, or are there things you've kind of put in place to enable you, like any sort of routine? Well, I've had to create more structure mm-hmm. working for myself yeah. and being freelance because mm-hmm. with this Shaw job came a lot of structure and stability mm-hmm. because we were doing a one-hour talk show five days a week. Right. We knew that's what was happening. Yeah. We would take go for 13 weeks and then take a couple weeks off. So mm-hmm. there was always that. But working for yourself, you don't have that structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, being disciplined is something that I really have to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's tough sometimes because you do have to get stuff done mm-hmm. and at seven o'clock at night still are working but mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. you can't turn it off mm-hmm. sometimes you mm-hmm. actually have to do that mm-hmm. it's tough yeah have you um found some sort of balance in your lifestyle like i i see that some of the things that you're doing like you've been working on your health and fitness and some of that stuff um have you been able to figure that out with all of the workload do you get help do you have an assistant? How no. God, no. <laughs> Look at me. I barely brush my hair. No, uh, it's funny because uh, working in television and what we call the golden age of television, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, in the past they work in the golden age, but I feel so lucky to work in t- to have worked in television when I did mm-hmm. in those years because, mm-hmm. yes, we did have assistants. Mm-hmm. We had makeup artists and hair mm-hmm. people and five producers. Mm-hmm. No, not anymore. That's just not how things work work mm-hmm. budgets have been cut no matter where you work mm-hmm. and you have to do a lot more by yourself yeah a lot of people might be too spoiled and precious about that but mm-hmm. if you want to survive you have to do that I, I I don't think I'm really at a place where if I had maybe the budget for an assistant I don't know if I would have I don't know if I would really do that mm-hmm. at this point yeah you've kind of figured out what works for you yeah and I think yeah. people congratulate you for being busy sometimes like it's a feat and yes social media does I don't put down when I'm napping I don't Mm -hmm. post about (laughs) sleeping except for I love sleeping just to put it out there it's not good content Um, but we congratulate each other on being busy but for me we should congratulate each other on finding balance Mm -hmm. because I think anybody who's successful is busy Mm -hmm. and people who are really successful have found some sort of balance whether you are in a place to have assistants and staff and all that stuff or Mm -hmm. you simply work for yourself it's finding balance and taking that time and I have rules for myself that I do need to take time I Mm -hmm. do have a dog who didn't come with me today but I said oh, I, if right. I don't have time can mm-hmm. I bring him because it, that's the balance part but mm-hmm. I make time try to at least five days a week where I turn my phone off walk him on the beach and just shut it down because like I said when you work for yourself you have to be available around the clock mm-hmm. and I think you can go crazy when you're too busy mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. balance is so important mm-hmm. do you um, have any specific sort of aspirational people that you look up to in your life or that help you guide you whether that's like some a real person in your life or an author is there a book that you've read that's really impacted your podcast that you enjoy listening to that helps you with this type of type right of thing? now i'm listening to a true crime podcast yeah so i'm not gonna <laughs> but those are me. those are fun <laughs> it's a crazy story yeah. um 
Um, do I have any books that not, you know, no books recently, but I, because a lot of my close friends are in the same industry and do what I do, Mm -hmm. we're each other's cheerleaders. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. We're not in any kind of formal mentor peer relationship, but one of my best friends, she works in radio and she does what I do. You know, she auditions for things here and there. And Mm -hmm. we used to work on a television show together. So she understands where I'm at and I understand her and having those people in your life that do understand the nuances mm-hmm. the stuff that would just bore other people yes that you can just rant and vent yes and be happy about and celebrate those little things I think that's super important right it's so basically if, as things are happening not locking yourself up in your room for too long and yeah. staying connected exactly right. because it can get lonely I can imagine I mean you work with so many people but at the same time you're kind of doing it all on your own yeah, and that's why you know I started uh, the gig I have at Global, being a community reporter, is is part time. Mm-hmm. It is one of my contracts that I'm so thankful to have. Mm-hmm. But one thing about it that I really love is that I'm actually working in a workplace where right. there are other human beings, mm-hmm. and everybody's super busy, and there's no time for play because the Global newsroom is a pretty serious place. Yeah. But I feel honored to be sitting around those people mm-hmm. and listening to some of the smartest minds in news. Mm-hmm. unfold the stories of the day never mind what I'm doing with my job there mm-hmm. just listening to those people mm-hmm. to me is the best schooling that I could have because I'm mm-hmm. learning something every day and the stories that these people cover mm-hmm. and put their lives on the line literally one of my colleagues had a very scary incident with a, a live shooting incident oh, I wow. think it was Monday or Tuesday it was on the news because she's yeah. literally reporting live and yeah. there was a shooter there wow these people around me every day mm-hmm. is amazing to mm-hmm. just so call that in mm-hmm. yeah yeah wow so it's the best school I've ever been to because <laughs> I don't think you should ever stop learning no matter yeah. how successful you are I I've got a lot to learn mm-hmm. and I think that's the only way that you can grow mm-hmm. but yeah having humans around it's definitely a plus <laughs> so I, and I hate I feel like I'm zigzagging a little but you're just bringing um, a topic up that I'm I'm curious about with um a lot of different career paths now kind of the a little bit of a debate over formal education going mm-hmm. before entering the workforce mm-hmm. and thinking about this type of um, career path and uh, as you mentioned you went to BCIT um, in journalism it, do you think that's you know the 100% right way to go is take that formal education do you think some people might like you said have some natural talent and be able to for sure. Yeah. I think there's the best of both. Yeah. But is anybody going to ever frown on you for having a degree? No. No. I'm more worried about debt <laughs> for people. Yeah, but there are people that are doing exactly what I do that never had any formal training. Yeah. I went to university because I was pursuing the wrong career path. Right. Do I regret that education of four years of getting an arts degree? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're the kind of person that knows what you want to do and somebody offers you a job and you have that raw talent and somebody sees that in you, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. But when you're young and you don't know what it is you want to do, mm-hmm. go to school. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you feel um, in your field that it's pretty competitive? And like, is there much room or, or especially I'm thinking of young women, young, attractive women kind of stepping into this type of a role. Um, I I am curious what your experience was like as that person. And then B, how do you see it folding, unfolding today? Well, it's changed a lot because I first started working in television. I guess it would be, I want to say 1997. I think that's when I got my first job. Mm -hmm. And it was quite male dominated then. Mm -hmm. Many days. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was the only woman working Mm -hmm. on our show. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't because... I worked with people that didn't want to hire women. It's Mm -hmm. just it was very unusual to have a camera woman instead of a camera man. Mm -hmm. The technical staff was mostly dudes. Mm -hmm. Has that changed? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We joke about it. The Where I sit in the global newsroom, mm-hmm. the whole row is all women. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, another woman will walk past just because she's walking past and going, I like this row, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it has changed. And yeah. A lot of the women in that newsroom have been there in the mm-hmm. same boat as me, not mm-hmm. in that newsroom, but it was a male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. And it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. There are camera women. Nobody bats an eye. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. They're, 
awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it has changed a lot. I had to adapt a bit because I wasn't, you know, I grew up with a sister. I wasn't used to being around all dudes all the time. But thankfully, these were great guys that I was working with. And like Mm -hmm. I said, one of them is like my brother. And the boss that I had was such a great mentor to me and gave Mm -hmm. me the opportunity. And I was never in one of those uncomfortable environments where Mm -hmm. it was weird to be the only girl. Right. It was celebrated. Right. And then as our show progressed Mm -hmm. and as the world progressed, more and more women came on board mm-hmm. where there was one time where we had way more women in the boardroom for one of our meetings mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have been that way mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. so yeah it's changed a lot mm-hmm. is the business competitive um yes it is absolutely mm-hmm. um are women unhealthily competitive with one another thankfully no mm. I haven't really experienced that are there people like that in the business oh yeah yeah but I think they kind of get naturally weeded out because mm. I think people see through people that are trying to push others aside. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, we're not in a place where that is celebrated or uh, promoted mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. People see through it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a ma- man or a woman mm-hmm. trying to get promoted or being competitive for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. I think people are pretty astute to that. That's wonderful. I wasn't expecting that answer, actually. It's not a perfect world. Mm-hmm. I don't want to paint that picture, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And if people are like that, I just kind of stay away from them. <laughs> you know, I, also, I shouldn't say that because I like to kill people like that with kindness because yeah. they don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how you doing? How's your day? It's a good way. I know. And it's very Canadian. <laughs> I'm sure real estate is the same way. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, though. Um, I resonate with what you're saying. It's actually been a surprise for me to learn, you know, 11 years later that most of my closest friends are all realtors while we're, you know, all out trying to find our own business. We all relate to one another. And um, for the most part, people are wonderful. And and I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and being able to being a, like you said, solopreneur type of thing, being able to go to an office or work with a partner or whatever, it makes a world of a difference yes. having adults around you and not just and, and not just clients in our case, like, you know, people right. who you can talk talk to. <laughs> yeah, not just emailing all day at home. Yes. And now, I mean, I was mentioning we had a volunteer program at Shaw. People ask if they can still do that with me. I'm like, half the time I'm in my pajamas with my laptop but yeah. if you want to come watch yeah there you it's go. not exciting because <laughs> again going back to social media I mean everybody only puts the best face forward yeah. people don't see the part where you know you lose a contract something ends a show gets cancelled you yeah. audition 900 times before you land a gig like mm-hmm. we don't really show that no it's the thing though that I think is worth people hearing and understanding it happens right mm-hmm. I think that with the shiny surface, especially with newcomers, they don't recognize mm-hmm. the sort of grit that needs to go in mm-hmm. to some of this work because anyone that's done well has failed a million times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this uh, week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even tell you. And it is funny. I, I, tr- I, I try not to work from home, but I do. Um, and every once in a while these days I'm having to do um, um sort of conference calls on the laptop and I'll like literally put on my blazer and have my sweatpants on 100% that is what being an entrepreneur is all about there was a funny thing I read the other day that somebody should uh, the million dollar idea should be door pants oh my god because when you work from home yeah somebody at career comes it's pants stands to the door and they just door pants it's a good idea it's better than a robe for sure yeah so I guess maybe we'll end it pretty quick here but um maybe we can chat a little bit about for fun some of your um some of the stuff we have in common you're working on on this uh the community reporting and doing a lot with um uh real estate and properties and home decor um and it's really neat to to see that and and i think we were chatting a little bit earlier about how it's such a visual environment um but you must get to see so many amazing amazing things and amazing places i've learned again i go back to learning i've learned so much Mm -hmm. um the segment's called open house Mm -hmm. and it you know it's it's real estate decor design architecture so yeah it's i've i've had an opportunity to learn a lot about your business Mm because that is part of what we cover Mm -hmm. and then seeing palatial homes and and sometimes you know last week i was with the two hosts of hgtv's worst to first Mm -hmm. crawling in a crawl space attic Mm -hmm. and somebody's home in Abbotsford learning about insulation (laughs) you know what I mean yeah and it's it's, these are good things 
And I think you were telling me last time I saw you um, learning about some of the sort of green initiatives in home building, mm-hmm. which is really neat. Yeah. Because so, I think that's uh, obviously a trend, and I'm not sure that um, many people in the profession are fully aware of some of the options now. So neat to be able to see it we'll have to like come to you as a resource (laughs) if i'd be the expert at least you can (laughs) i can ask the questions (laughs) (laughs) yeah um okay well i so much appreciate you being a part of this Um, thank you for asking me and maybe before we end um you can tell people where they can find you if they're not already following you well uh my segment on global airs saturday mornings it's mm-hmm. called open house it mm-hmm. airs around 7 45 a.m on mm-hmm. global morning news mm-hmm. so you can check it out and as we were talking about it's all home decor design architecture mm-hmm. investment pitch media is investment i have to look up the what i want to say it's investmentpitchmedia.com but i always get that right it's investmentpitch.com but we're mm-hmm. investment pitch media mm-hmm. on all social media mm-hmm. so if you want to check it out there mm-hmm. you can find uh that out and um i also host a music show which mm-hmm. is on joy tv on saturday night that's awesome and how about your instagram and any social it's all fiona forbes oh that's easy well there is another fiona forbes in the uk okay. who is a very well-known folk singer oh. and i was happy a friend of mine actually bought um, FionaForbes.com before I was smart enough to figure it out on my own mm-hmm. and because she I was to when there's a new social media platform I have to grab it because I'm yeah. not the only Fiona Forbes in the world my so name I'm, is Ashley Smith I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I feel you <laughs> well I almost bought Forbes.com oh way back then and I probably would be retired if I did that, <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> Yeah, they would have had to change their name or buy you out. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been quite the payday. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you know what? I hope to do many more of these, and I hope to have you back, and you can help school me in and... Hopefully, I will have improved as as an interviewer. Oh, you're actually, I was going to say it. um, You are a great interviewer. You have the talent to have a conversation, which not, it takes, usually takes people a long time to learn that. Um, But you are a very good conversationalist. Well, thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, Well, thank you so much. We're going to end it right here. Um, I'll put some links in the show notes for how you can find Fiona and follow her online. Um, Everyone, have a great day. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify. And if I'm not currently uh, broadcasting this on your podcast consumption channel of choice, please do let me know. I want to make sure to fix that. Um, And please do rate the podcast wherever you are. So thank you again. I'm Ashley Smith. Um, Again, you can follow me at at Ashley underscore Realtor on most channels. Otherwise, you can search me, Ashley Smith, Vancouver Realtor. Pretty easy to find. Um, And P.S., don't forget to let me know who you would like to hear on the podcast next. I would love to hear your ideas. And P.S., again, don't forget to share. Let your friends know how awesome this podcast is. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful day.